Welcome back to the PropTech Ramble. I'm Michael Grant. Hi everyone, I am Charlotte. Yeah, so I'm Sam. I'm my own blog now. <laughs> <laughs> um, plug away. PropTech for us as Metricus is, again, it's not just new, it is legacy as well. That's what it's all about, really, apart from me rambling on like I'm doing now. So, uh, That's why it's called PropTech, right? <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to another PropTech Ramble Series 3, uh, first episode. Uh, with me I have uh, Bogdan Nikora and James Dursley. Bogdan, CEO and founder of Bright Spaces, can you uh, give us a bit of an introduction who you are and everything about Bright Spaces? Sure, thanks for inviting me here on uh, such a short notice and an interesting subject. <laughs> no about, I, I know a, a bit, just a bit. Uh, so I, uh, my experience is uh, 15 years in developing software and digital apps. Um, I started uh, with PropTech and real estate only three years ago. So I needed to learn quite, quite fast. We uh, started Bright Spaces, which is uh, an awarded VC-backed uh, PropTech startup aiming at um, changing the way you showcase and you market properties, especially commercial properties. Yeah. We started that from the office sector and now we're stepping up the game and we are repositioning ourselves to um, become the creators of the digital twin universe for brick and mortar landlords. And I, I use the words carefully because of mm. what happens into the metaverse right now. So, uh, <laughs> Let's yeah. not go down that line. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and pro you've said prop tech, so that's the overall theme. So I'll come back to yeah. that. So James, co-founder of Unisuit, man I speak to quite often, and, and your, your Sad, partner, sadly, Eddie. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Just for anyone who does or doesn't know, give us a bit about Unisu and you and Eddie founding it. Yeah, sure. So um, we founded Unisu. Actually, we were uh, we were at MIPIM four years ago, um, and we sat down in a cafe and we decided that uh, we needed to create something because no one had actually done it at that point. But Unisu ostensibly is a procurement platform. Um, so we help the real estate industry find, identify, and ultimately procure the appropriate solutions that they need. Um, of which you know we're analysing what nearly ten thousand different prop tech companies from all around the world, um, and we help some of the largest real estate providers ultimately try and make sense of all of the the crap that's in there really because there is an awful lot of it and find the one which is suitable for them because for too long prop techs have been knocking on the door and saying we're the best solution for you and actually it's, it needs to be the other way around which is the, the property industry needs to say this is the problem we're trying to solve yeah this is what we need who do we find yeah. And, it, and it's, it needs to be a complete reversal of that entire um, process. And so that's what we built four years ago. And um, and yeah, you know, the prop tech world has, has matured an awful lot in all the time that I've been here. <laughs> and I think that's what we're here to talk about. So. It, it is, it is. And both your companies are growing quickly, which is which is good. But the, the theme today, which you both said the word prop tech, and we use the word prop tech all the time, but the origin of prop tech, and is it a dying word? Someone uh, put something out on... LinkedIn, I think, or Twitter. Not I think it was you, wasn't it? Yeah. You say it's a dying word. Yes. It was, I said it was, it, and I think it's a disappearing word. Disappearing word, yeah. that was it, yes. Uh, uh, That's a very why, politically sensitive <laughs> word. Actually, actually, we said die, but it was <laughs> Forbes didn't accept that, so it was... Uh, so uh, why do you think it's dying or disappearing? I don't know too much about, and I will leave this to, to James, obviously, for the history of PropTech, because I know you and Eddie have some, some things to, to share about this. Yeah, of course. Um, but what I, how it all started, actually, I was discussing with our 
head of comms and uh, uh, content guardian, Guana, which I always uh, brainstorm and spar, spar uh, my sparring partner for anything that we, we release online. Yes. And we, we were just thinking about all the new words that are coming. Like you now have contech, you have climate tech, you have fintech a lot in prop tech uh, or in real estate. And we were like, okay, what what's actually happening? How are all of these words being used? Are they overlapping or not? And is PropTech the uh, the king of these uh, words in in real estate? And if in the future we we will still refer to PropTech or real estate will just mm, swallow so much technology that it will just be real estate. And we thought about the, the comparison with the phone because yeah. it was phone in the beginning. Yeah. Then we had like smartphone, yeah. like mobile phone, but we are now still calling it phone. And it's like the most complex device that we, we carry around. And it does much more than, than telephone calling. I think that's the least what we are doing with it right now. Uh, and I believe that PropTech, not now, not in the next three years, but maybe seven, 10 years, 12 years from now, will not be uh, a word that is used that much because it will be probably more technology in real estate than uh, real estate in real yeah. estate. Yeah, well, that's, 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 that's to stay around yeah. for a bit because that's the only word I know. So. <laughs> it's what gets on all the, goes on all the investment exactly decks as well. Right. PropTech, like, oh, prop we're a PropTech company. I got it. You know, but actually, actually that's that's a, PropTech on LinkedIn. But, that, knows. but that's the point. Right, that, and that's why it probably won't disappear. It will certainly won't die. Um, it, and I think there's probably a longer conversation around the disappearing, dying, and all that sort of stuff. And equally, there's probably a longer conversation to be had around the sort of the different verticals within prop tech, climate tech, com tech, clean tech, all that sort of stuff, which I'm sure we can touch on. But I mean, the origins are, are, are somewhat. If we if we take it right back to the, the sort of the, the starting point, the origins of, of prop tech are somewhat convoluted in terms of when it was all set about how it was all set about, who it was all set about. You, you talked about the hashtag prop tech. Yeah. In reality, it, from my experience and my opinion, that's actually where it came from. Yeah. Um, and I can chart it all the way back to sort of 2013-14. And really, what I had seen, so this is a personal opinion rather than anything yeah. remotely qualified, there was a, there was a movement um, of real estate technology coming from the US. And it had been around for, for years. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there are individuals who will claim they've been in prop tech for decades, and they have. But sort of pre-2012, 13, 14, there wasn't anything there around a terminology or a word or anything like that to, to bring a community together. What it was beforehand were software providers, sort of pre-2000s. Then there was sort of the, the portal years of 2000 to 2005, mainly residential, a little bit commercial. Then sort of that 2000... 10 to 15 period was when people woke up to there being a community about this. It started genuinely in America and it was called real estate technology or what they termed was retech. retech. Now I remember distinctly in, in 2013 saying this doesn't, this makes absolutely no sense to anybody outside of the U S and let's be frank, the world is a lot bigger than North America at that point. And I just remember distinctly saying, because I, I mean, I came from a marketing background and I just said, look, the one thing you need to do is to build a community, give them a voice and give them a channel on which to speak. And in those days, it was really around Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn. And, and I started using the hashtag PropTech simply because it made more sense to the rest of the world to call it the property technology sector, not real estate technology. And it got shortened. FinTech was already around. PropTech was there. 
So you're the ruminator? No, not at all. <laughs> no, I'd love to say I was. I, I don't. I don't think I am. I, I just remember that there were a few people talking about it. I can't remember yeah. who. I mean, there were a few key people. I tried to look it up this morning on the way in, but I, it's not that. I could. I couldn't find a, a clear point in time where it fit. But but you're right. It did. It did come in. It used to be so prior to Metricus when I was asset mapping. It just used to be called smart building technology. Yeah. It, 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 you know what are you? We're a, we're a platform. We're a software company, and we do we, we help make your building smart. So therefore, it was smart building technology. But that but that brings to what Bogdan was saying though, which is it was a subset. Yes. Now at the time, you needed a catch-all phrase. It was retech. We made it prop tech, and, and genuinely, what then happened was everybody. There was a bit of an argument and a bit of a tussle between the North Americans retech and us with prop tech. And actually, the Europeans really won out because there was a massive social community which was generated. Yeah. I, I started the Sunday Prop Tech Review, which had thousands of people reading a, an email every Sunday, which was around Prop Tech. And yeah. then the investors started calling it Prop Tech. And then the VC funds started to call themselves Prop Tech funds. And it, and it sort of burgeoned from there. And, and really, to take on your point about climate tech, com tech, and all that sort of stuff, smart building tech, they all became verticals of, of Prop Tech then yeah. and now. So you can almost sort of track the history from that. 2012, 13, 14 period to maybe 2015 when you had sort of the first accelerators and funds that were being generated both in North America and the UK. UK market, you look at Pylabs really, Metaprop came along a little bit later in terms of that accelerator then building into a fund. And then 2017 was, I think, actually a seminal year because that was when the first academic report into PropTech came out, which was, say, Business School and Oxford University. And the reason I, I... put that as a, as a real seminal point was what uh, Professor Baum at that time tried to do was to map that sector and the recognition that prop tech was a catch-all phrase and in reality he he based it on things like real estate fintech um, smart tech yeah. and, and just sort of categorized it into three or four different parts and I remember at the at the release event which was actually held over here in London and I was on I was asked to be on the panel to discuss his report and it was, I mean, it was fascinating. You know, there was, the who's who was in the audience of the property industry, but I was probably one of the only people who fundamentally disagreed with his report. And it was terrible. I mean, it was, it was shocking because in this, in this room, and I just said, Look, I think it's wrong because the classification's wrong. Yeah. You can't have, you know, prop tech as this sole thing and only real estate fintech as this next biggest thing. It's much more than that. And you've got this, this property life cycle you have to consider, which is around build, manage, buy, sell, um, and, and yeah, and manage being the sort of the overriding piece of that. And, and we've missed the point. And within that whole life cycle, you've got your clean tech, your enviro tech, and, and everything. That's, that's why when you see all the, the one pages that come out that say the top 100 in prop tech, it's why the pie is split right yeah. into so many different sections, because there are prop tech companies that just look at leasing. You know, we, we, we'd never do that. We're not doing that. But then, you know, then you've got smart buildings platforms that then you've got the contract management, you've got workflow management. There are so many different ones. It, it is a catch-all, but it does it does break down into smaller bits of the pie. And you're right, it's, it is the overarching piece. But, but, you know, but still, one of the one of the points I just bring on about construction technology at the time, and it's still, I think, a little bit the case now, is that construction technology and property technology were seen as two fundamentally different yeah. principal disciplines. And that was really led by the venture capital market. And there was so much money going into Contech and they, and they weren't able to merge the two. And that's what we did with, when we started Unisu back yeah. um, four years ago, because we said, well, hang on a minute, if the planning stage of finding land, sourcing land and filtering land is prop tech, 
and effectively the the manage and the buy and the sell and the rent is prop tech. Why are we suddenly skipping construction technology? construction technology? It needs to be merged together. But and, and, really and, and, and that it's not really there, but it is. I think that will merge because it, it become part of it. We are we are now working with some construction tech companies, contact companies, and they are doing the build part. But then what's happening is that, and, and this is where the journey comes in, James, and your manage piece underneath is, is quite right, is when you're when you're doing the build part, generally, when, when you're construction technology, it's a project. So everything is done, whether it's purchasing, project management, workflows, and then sign off is done, and then it's finished, right? But there's a ton of data in there that is very valuable to the customer that then doesn't get used. And then some prop tech company comes in, sticks in a load of sensors, but doesn't think about anything to do with this. So we've actually started to partner up with the contact companies to say, what have you got in there that we can either bolt straight on to our platform rather than the customer have to start from scratch? What can we bring in that is valuable to them? Oh, our planned preventative maintenance schedules, the handover, the next yeah. maintenance date, all of those sorts of things you can bring in. And then the customer's got a continuation. They don't have to start and stop all the time mm. with a new platform or with new data because there's data there, right? So yeah, context should be within the prop tech space because it is part of it. And then then the next part, when it's in operation, it's there. You know, companies like Metricus and, and Iconics and, and Code Labs and all these other guys, we are not contract management, mm. but there is contract management that goes into there as well. And, and that all needs to bolt in together. Now, some of that, when you create a workflow, like you know, some uh, solutions can, you got the data from the handover. It was installed on the 6th of April. So next maintenance date is the 6th of April, 2023. You can start a workflow and push it into something like Yardi or Plan On or yeah. whatever that is. So there's a bit in between and you get an in and an out. Yeah. But at the moment it's, it's stop, start. And there's a little bit of wasted money, wasted time and processes that all needs to come together. Is it prop tech at the moment? It's prop tech. Will it be called something else? I don't know. But it is the biggest challenge of the sector, though, yeah. because of the broadness of it. Yeah. So if you take something like fintech, and, and one of my arguments to counter that whole dying or disappearing is the fact that fintech hasn't died or disappeared, and they're, and they're probably a decade ahead of, yeah. of prop tech. But if you look at it, fintech is quite narrow in its definition. Prop tech brings in all of that and more, it's and massive. that is the biggest challenge that we have, and it's also the challenge for the the non-sector specific property people take the vcs for example they are so broad or they were really broad at the start and now that sort of um evolution of this as a sector and this is what i've seen over my career is you're you you initially had prop tech specialists yeah. now you've got sector you've got vertical specialists within prop tech and that's where the vc evolution is coming which is well i'm a cree tech specialist vc firm and, and I think that is, that is needed. I have an opinion on what you said about fintech, and I think it, it kind of depends. Uh, it, it's separate uh, from prop tech because fintech itself, I think it's becoming uh, a vertical. If you look at incumbent banks, right, they're being disrupted from the ground up. Some might say as much as the brick and mortar real estate is being disrupted by the metaverse. I do not agree with this yeah. though, but in FinTech, this is true. Like you have new types of banks, you have new types of insurance, which they are FinTech first and financial secondary. Like they came from technology and I believe FinTech will prevail as a term. Um, I, 
I'm not sure PropTech will prevail in, 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 in the future because we will always, hopefully, live in this brick and mortar world. Yeah, like I'm not will... living in the metaverse, by the way. I'm living in the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, all the, the interconnectivity that we have between <clears throat> Contech and Climate Tech, and I believe now they all uh, uh, converge into PropTech. And I believe this will still happen for a lot of years. But um, I'm just curious of the future of, of the terminology when everything will be so uh, merged between technology and, and the real world. Like the, we're not always saying uh, innovation layer, technology layer, because it is a, it's still a layer. Unfortunately for real estate, the biggest asset class in the world is still experimental for many of the, the landlords or construction companies and so on. So we don't have uh, um, <clears throat> full adoption of, of uh, a lot of uh, solutions yet. Uh, we're still in the infancy, right? Even the companies in this space, so software companies and hardware companies, we're, we're still quite immature in this space. You know, we're not like rooting and switching, which has been around for over 20 years, 30 years, even, even longer. But the companies in the space, even Metricus, we're only three years old. You know, the, you know, Iconics have been around a little bit longer and a few of the others, but we're still in quite an immature market. And and you're right, a lot of the, you know, how many buildings there are, six, six million buildings of 10,000 square feet or above in the US, right? How many of those actually have some form of prop tech or smart building technology in them? Not a lot. So I think it'll take quite a long time for the, it, I, you might be right, it might just get to a point where there's technology in buildings in five, in, well, let's not say five years, but maybe 10 years, there's, there's smart technology in every building and buildings are then just smart. So maybe that's when it will start to fade out, but there's a long road to go before you get there because a lot of buildings, even the one across the road from us now, that was finished just before COVID. Uh, and you know they've got basic BMS and you know climate control and access. I don't think they're monitoring indoor air quality or energy to down to the nth degree or doing building automation or anything like that. I can tell you they're not because the lights are on. I was here through most of lockdowns. I have a wife and three kids and needed to get out of the house. But the lights were on in that place, so they're not doing anything smart. So PropTech will be around for a while, because I think the market's still quite You know quite what's mature. also interesting? It's about the companies that are creating technology for buildings, which don't call themselves as PropTech companies, although they are doing a lot of like uh, automation. And uh, so that's also another thing that I was thinking about. Why isn't everyone that is actually creating technology, software or hardware, for the, the built world, call themselves and, and adopting the term PropTech. And uh, one of the, the ideas that, that came to me was because they're um, is established traditional companies, software companies or hardware companies that don't go to VCs, that don't go to this, the same events that we are going yeah. to, and that they don't, they don't see themselves as PropTech, which is a new and sexy term. Um, Very interesting. I, I think quite connected to the VC world and yeah. to the high growth and scalability. Yes. Uh, maybe it's, it's, you it's, don't it's, agree, it's, but this is how I feel like if you talk yeah. to a traditional company, they will say we're creating technology for real estate. And Honeywell, exactly. they, they call it Honeywell building technology. They don't call themselves a prop tech company. They call it, you know, it's called HBT and, and it's Honeywell building technology group, right? So Aren't it's, all it's, about, software companies, it's about building technology. Yeah. They don't call it prop tech or smart building technology. They just call it building technology. So if the big boys start to do it, maybe maybe that might accelerate it. We have it. SAP, we have Oracle, we have yeah. everyone uh, uh, 
obviously deploying solutions into the uh, built world and they they never call themselves uh, a product not even for a, a small part of their company that actually uh, takes on this uh, vertical. So that but was... Is, is that partly because they're big companies like Johnson Controls, Open Blue, Siemens, you know, Honeywell Forge, you know, uh, Carriers, what's the Carriers called? Carriers got one now, the name escapes me. But they don't maybe call it prop tech because where they come from, right? They come from the HVAC, mechanical engineering world, that, you know, that they make hardware, they make HVAC systems, they make sensors, they make everything. Maybe that's why they don't call it prop tech. They're not young upstarts or startups like us. No, I, I, th- I, think, I think you've got a, you, there's another angle to this, which I don't think we've been really touching on. I mean, we're recording this in an office block in, in London, right? Yeah. One of the things I've learned over the last, God knows how many years of, of flying around the world, talking at conferences and building communities around the world is we live in a tiny freaking bubble in London. Yeah. And New York does the same thing, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and we are familiar with the term of prop tech because, you know, we, we've been talking about it for so long. But when you fly to you know the, the, the middle and far east or when you fly into lagos in nigeria or in particular south america for example they are right at the start of that digital transformation journey because that's the other point here prop tech is a symptom of change it's not the actual change the actual change is digital transformation so i think we've got to get outside of the bubble that we're in and realize that we are at the start of our journey, you know, we're, we're, we're there, we've gone over the hype cycle of PropTech, that was probably 2017-18, which was yeah. a freaking massive hype cycle. But there are some continents and countries which are not even, they're, they're on the start of that yeah. drive up. Yeah. You know, South America is, is midway up the hype cycle, it's there, it's going. So that's the one thing I would definitely think is you've got to get some global perspective of where we are in, 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 in the chain of things. Um, the second angle I would say is just bringing in a point when you said, you know, Metrica is only three years old. I don't think that matters anymore. I don't think it matters if you're 10 years old, three years old, or you started today, because what we've had is with the global pandemic that we've all experienced and gone through, um, what that has done is it's put a massive reset button in in everything. And I'm not just talking about property companies realizing that prop tech exists. Every single company is now at the point of understanding they have to bring technology into their buildings. Now, the reason for that is twofold. There's a short-term and there's a long-term impact, which again is why I don't think it prop tech as a term is going to disappear or die anytime soon. Yeah. Because in the short term, one of the biggest challenges for leaders of, of the property industry, and when I mean property, I mean anybody that has a portfolio of, of buildings where their employees exist, right? So that could yeah. be heads of real estate, could be heads of facilities management, could be any of these things. They have a short-term challenge, which is to make their staff feel safe and secure to return to office, not return to work, because that's a bullshitty thing, which I think is a load of rubbish. No, but say that they want people to return to the office in some cases. And as a consequence, part of that is fitting building out with sensors and tenant experience type, type things, which means staff feel secure, safe, and actually encouraged to go back because the alternative of being at home Actually, it's as good going into the office. So that's a short-term thing. The bigger factor for me in terms of the long-term chain of this is sustainability in ESG. And that's why you suddenly, and especially if that starts getting pinned to executive pay. Already is Salesforce. It it is in some cases, but you're going to find that in all countries, I think, where you're going to have to pin it to executive pay. If people like Salesforce are doing it for their chief execs, and it's a big part of it, then other companies will follow 
And as a consequence, who are the, who are the executives going to start putting it all on? They're going to start putting it on their buildings because the buildings are most right, the definitely... Biggest, biggest, the, the biggest contributor, right? Exactly. The people who fill the building aren't, but to power the building for the people that are in the building, they're the biggest contributor. Yeah. And as a consequence, that all this whole hype cycle around prop tech starts again, in my view, because non-property people, or in theory, sort of the JLLs and yeah. the CBREs of this world, you know, the non-property-oriented people who are there in a Facebook building portfolio management are going to go, we need some technology in here, and they then discover prop tech okay. as a yeah. part of it. So the short and long-term drivers of keeping the term alive, and then there's the geographical drivers of those big businesses in Santiago in Chile with a portfolio of five different office buildings and they need to put sensors in there. So technology is going to keep being at the forefront for those two things, return to office and sustainability in my mind. Yeah, I agree. So what's ESG tech going to be called? ESG tech. <laughs> and it could be all of those. What about the overlapping? Like we see even PropTech VCs uh, investing in companies which most of us would, wouldn't probably call PropTech. What do you mean? Like, you can, and I heard about this, and I discussed about this with, with some people, like, you can connect almost any kind of service, and especially new kind of service, to the property world. Uh, for example, Zoom. For example, it is Zoom part of the metaverse? Is Zoom part of the... You keep, you keep going back to the metaverse, yeah. Bogdan. You it's say, you, like you, want to have you, say you say you don't want to be in the metaverse, Bogdan, but you're talking <laughs> no. about it a lot. But it is. Like, everyone, everyone is talking right now about this. I'm not. I'm not? No. Uh, we, he's we, putting we, his foot actually, down. He's saying no. <laughs> <laughs> but look, if you had to come in here to get away from your wife and three kids, go the to the met metaverse. The metaverse is going to help that because if I'm still in my house, but I'm in my metaverse, I can still hear them all, and they're all still asking me to do stuff while I'm at home. Uh, I, I, the metaverse is an interesting one. We should come back and do that whole topic. It's entirely different. <laughs> but is it just virtual? Is it connected to the real world? Well, that's an interesting one because interesting one. what we are doing now, and, and I'm just going to talk about metrics for a minute, so I'm going to be a little bit selfish, so apologies, people. Uh, we are being asked to connect things like HoloLens so that we can pull data out of buildings, so building management systems, so a HVAC unit. Pull the data out for an engineer, may not have to go to site immediately to see what's the fan call unit doing, what's the fan speed doing, what's the incoming temperature, the outgoing, the set point, and everything else. Put a hollow lens on and have a virtual view of that unit. That is happening now. Yeah. You know, we are working with Microsoft and, and Avenard on this, and it's going at quite a rapid pace. So that that is happening, and that's kind of a virtual world. It's not metaverse no, at it's, all. It's all, but it's but augmented, it's, right? It's an augmented it's, view. It's, it's, it's an augmented view. That people are still calling that prop tech, but Hololens is not prop tech. You know, Microsoft Dynamics is not prop tech, but mm -hmm. they are two systems that are being bolted on as part of the prop tech ecosystem to give the data that is required to an engineer before he or she needs to go to site, so they can increase the first time fix rate and bring everything they need, and they know everything about the unit before they get there. All of that's being pulled into it. Is it prop tech? It's not. It's not really. That's that, that's my, that's my point that I, I cannot see the boundaries itself in in some. some I think parts it would become the, blurred. I think it would become yeah. blurred because there, as you just rightfully said, there's more data being plugged into prop tech, whether it's the virtual reality or whether it's you know third party uh, pieces of equipment, you know, or whether it's third party platforms that have nothing to do with prop tech, you know, like invoicing or purchasing or you know contech. Even it's, more soft. Pieces like the community part and the tenant experience app. Yes. 
or the concierge part or the um, ordering like from partners yeah which is ordering from restaurants is like a totally different system is it proptic or not we can spend a lot of time on this well you could and, it, and it's and it's good but it's also a waste of time for me as long i mean take the hololens example of that for me that's brilliant it's a seamless integration of technology and data that comes together to augment a view yeah. of a property manager's view of the world or a contractor's manager a, a view of the building whatever it is that is what it should be there to do we i mean we defined prop tech in fact it was myself and professor andrew born back in 2017 when he released his paper because he released this wonderful paper about what is prop tech and prop tech 2.0 i think it was called and there was no definition of what it was and what it wasn't now the problem when you define is that people will always disagree but once you define and you create a framework of rigidity around what is and what is not prop tech, you then are able to start comparing properly. One of the biggest challenges, and I see it in report after report after report, VCs say X amount of money has been invested in prop tech. Yeah. Now, it's crap. It's absolute nonsense because everybody has their own definition of what prop tech is and what prop tech isn't. I still do not know one group other than ourselves, who've actually said, this is our definition of what PropTech is, this is the framework on what we built it, and therefore we can always pin back everything to it. And that's why it's difficult. We're just of the belief that as long as you say, this is what we believe, then whether you're an academic institution, a VC, or just an organization, you can say, well, actually, I agree with it, or I disagree with it. And as a consequence of me disagreeing with it, co-working is the classic disagreement is co-working prop tech or yeah, is it not we always feel it's not it's an evolution of a real estate leasing yeah. model but the point is if you don't agree with it you just bolt it on as long as you've got a framework on which you can work with yeah then you should be in a, in a better place but i don't i don't think it matters is prop tech making a difference in the real estate environment that we're living yes will it evolve yes will it evolve in every single different country differently yes will it evolve in different sorts of organizations differently Yes, and that is the best thing about it because we've got an entire career of, of helping. Well, we all need companies. to make money from it, so, <laughs> so it needs to stay around for a little bit longer. Money? <laughs> no idea what that is. So that's where we are. Cool. Yeah. Gents, on that, thank you very much both for coming in and making your way to the office to do it in person. Bogdan, well, with a, you, with you, a you've, actually, you've actually phoned into the country. So, yeah, yeah. And, and James, you've travelled from... Far flung miles and miles <laughs> just like meat bars absolutely <laughs> gents thank you very much for being on the thank first you. project ramble of series three uh, i really 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 liked it bogdan we, we will do another one and we'll talk about the metaverse because i think you actually secretly like it but uh, i do like it i do not agree with everything but i do uh, like okay it. I so, do. so, uh, so we'll come back and talk metaverse shall yeah, we yeah sure gents thank you both thank very you. much for thank coming you. pleasure have a good day thanks thank thanks Bye. for coming Thanks, everybody. We'll see you again soon. Bye.